Hey everyone, welcome to Terror Talk with Shannon and Kathy. Hello. Hello. Today on the show we are going to do something slightly different. Maybe a little bit funner, but we normally talk about female psychopaths. So this uh, series in our female psychopath series is on a couple of comedies, which I don't know. I thought that would be kind of fun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we picked uh, the 1994 movie Serial Mom and the uh, 1993 movie So I Married an Axe Murderer. We're going to talk about those and their representation of the female psychopath. And then also I want to talk about some ways that humor, you know, how the female psychopath uses humor and also some research that's associated with that and how we can analyze humor styles. And then uh, one of the articles is how humor styles are linked to the dark personality traits, Mm. which, you know, Mm -hmm. the dark triad, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So we'll talk about that. But let's talk about movies first. I hadn't seen these in a long time. Neither had I. And probably only once oh, when yeah. they came out. Sure. So, a, I remember when Serial Mom came out in the theater. Do you? Yeah. But I, I never, I don't think I saw it in the theater, but I just remember that being like the idea of her character was like a really big deal. Yeah. It's oh my super God. popular. She's Kathleen Turner's playing a psychopath. Like that was, we weren't seeing women really in those types of roles unless they were hysterical in some way. Right, right, right. Yeah, or it went it went dark at some point. I mean, it's a dark comedy. Yeah. So, but I, I, what I remember vaguely was that her performance was really touted as like she was hilarious yeah. in it, and it was really great. And so for her career, that's who she was at the time, mm-hmm. just like funny and beautiful and mm-hmm. all of that. Well, let's talk about Serial Mom. I I had forgotten that Matthew Lillard was in it. Yep. And in Ricky Lake and Ricky Lake, you know, Sam Waterston, mm-hmm. Kathleen Turner. There's even little a couple of little cameos from Tracy Lords, a I very know. young Tracy Lords. So crazy. And Suzanne Summers. That was hilarious. A very young Suzanne Summers. So that those were those were just fun. You know, it's fun to go into a decade and see all the people that you used to watch so regularly and really never see anymore. Yeah. So that was fun. And the fact that it's written and directed by John Waters, of course, is yep. got a that was very kind of his particular time. style. Yeah, that was his time. Yeah, the 90s, mm-hmm. 80s and 90s, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my my favorite line is <laughs> in the trial, there's a part where there's a trial and Kathleen Turner stands up in her very like dramatic, overly dramatic way. And she's like, do you recycle? And the whole, <laughs> the whole courtroom is just like, looks at the woman on the stand. Mm-hmm. And she says, finally, no. And the whole courtroom is like, oh. <laughs> Cause in the nineties for you guys that don't know, like in the nineties, you know, recycling, it was a really new, it yeah. was a new ish thing. Yeah. And it was a thing that, you know, people were shamed if you didn't do That's it right. and all of that. It was a hot, we have more, we have hotter topics now, yeah. but then that was a pretty hot topic. I love that they also made her character still very much a mother. So the things mm-hmm. that she reacted to mm-hmm. and the people she killed <laughs> were anyone that got in the way of her precious family. Yeah. The protective, the protective psychopath. Right. The It's like the, yeah. And you see that a lot for men in movies. Mm-hmm. You see that a lot. So for those of you who don't know, Serial Mom, basic, the basic premise is that she's the perfect all-American parent. It's like the 1950s mom, a great cook, a homemaker, two kids, a boy and a girl, who are played by Matthew Lillard and Ricky Lake. 
Uh, she's a devoted recycler, obviously, and a woman who literally killed to keep her children happy. So that's that. It's an interesting trope, right? And it goes along with female psychopath tropes is that, oh, it's all to protect her family, mm-hmm. right? And family driven. And also that there's the the norming of roles in a relationship and how she gets away with it because of that, mm-hmm. like how she's seen as this great mom and, and all of that. And, and so that everyone for, you know, a chunk of the movie goes like, well, that would never, it would never be her. She's like the perfect mom. Like yeah. what would she have to kill? She loves about? her kids too much. I also love the dynamic between her and Sam Watterson, who's, yeah. who plays, I've always loved him. I do too. And he's so diverse. He plays the, I, well, let me back up here a second. John Waters is really good at just playing with gender roles and things like that. And so Sam Waterston like essentially plays more of the female sensitive ish character where he's like, I just can't believe anyone would do something yeah. like this. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and how would you're wanting to have sex with me this evening when some poor woman out there is dead, you know, yeah, he yeah. very much played the Altruistic. stereotypical female yeah, and then he empath. gets real protective yeah. of um, her as well mm-hmm. because you'd see the course of this movie. There's like... It's a know, role reversal. There's like a courtroom and a church and a this and a that. Like it goes... What I was really struck by is it wasn't a kind of one story thing. You know how a lot of contemporary movies, it's like if you tried to do this much in a contemporary movie in a comedy, mm-hmm. it would be like, oh, you're trying to do too much. Yeah. But they literally go from like when she's average cooking her family breakfast all the way to like the courtroom scenes, you yeah. know, and then what happens after the courtroom scenes and stuff. So you do cover a lot of ground in the story, mm-hmm. which I think works for this comedy just yeah. because it's, it's funny and fun, but there are some, you know, pretty obvious they're playing off of the culture and, and, sure. and, and on purpose, mm-hmm. like, you know, the recycling joke is mm-hmm. obviously playing off. It's very of its time. So, mm-hmm. Those of you who like dated things, <laughs> it's very dated. It's very of its time. And and I did want to mention, I thought a fun thing was that band that's in it mm-hmm. is the L7 band. Is it really? Yeah, it's L7. The name in the movie is, you know, they call it the Camelips, which is yeah, hilarious. That was L7. How funny. But that was that's a, L7 yeah. with like one additional member. But those are the, the four members of L7 are that. that band that's in it. So if you're an L7 fan and you want to check out a performance of theirs. It definitely had a a 90s vibe to it. And there were a lot of suburban comedies made at that time. And I think that's, again, why they were able to cover all that ground because they were really trying to develop this like microcosm for you of this, you know, little community and everybody, you know, with their white picket fences. And there's a there's a psychopathic mother living right down your street. Yep. And she hates you. And she hates you. (laughs) She'll do anything for her children. One misstep. You know, one of the women she gets mad at because of not recycling. When another person she gets mad at because he's a friends with her daughter, but her daughter has a, well, a somewhat 
unhealthy crush on yeah. you know her daughter happens to have borderline traits yeah. so and then the teacher yeah, for the son the teacher. my favorite part in the movie was when they're driving to, and the end they, they call I think they call Sam Waterston and basically like you know we found your wife's car and we know and she's like oh, she starts laughing she's like <laughs> oh how silly like her just her, her response to it so psychopathic like no fear response no. totally gaslighting like and and believing in her own delusions around this but her response and the way she laughs in that moment i, I laughed pretty, pretty she's hilarious yeah. in this mm-hmm. she really is and i mean that kind of leads me into one of the things that i wanted to talk about uh, regarding some of the like laughter with female psychopaths so i'm i'm looking at an article on psychology today and it's entitled why the female psychopath laughs So thank you for walking me so delicately into that comment. (laughs) They, as we know, psychopaths can be, and I think we have found that a lot of female psychopaths can be, at least upon initial interaction, disarmingly witty and articulate, even funny in a way, and happen to have like sometimes a very serious sense of humor. Mm -hmm. They can be full of jokes. They can be, they can make like exciting conversation. Mm -hmm. Their ability to be quote unquote witty and articulate as well as amusing and entertaining conversationalists is the quote that I've, that I was just reading. However, the laughter often is a calculated mask for their real motives is what this article is kind of saying. And Mm -hmm. there's some research here too. It's like, it sets the stage while putting you in a, like a playful frame of mind. She keeps laughing, draws other others closer and like what a nice person she is. And I feel like Kathleen Turner really uses that Mm -hmm. very closely in this movie, (laughs) you know, like she's witty and you know, I don't particularly like her, but if you were the neighbor, you might, you, but you also might be liking her out of like a, an underlying sense of if you crossed her, Mm -hmm. (laughs) she would be pretty shitty. Yeah. And so this, this article talks about a study where they studied 143 women and 90 men with high levels of psychopathic traits. Okay. Researchers at the University of Zurich found their laughter was not indicative of contributing to the well-being of other people. They concluded that essentially psychopaths do not laugh with us, but at us. Laughter is a tool to hide lies, to dominate and control, to outsmart, and to transform the person into someone she is not. The laughter is deceptive. Mm -hmm. It just goes to show that in this particular research was heavily weighted on women. Again, 143 women, 90 men that they, they really found that it was used as a tool to manipulate and control. So if you've ever been with someone or a psychopath in your life, or you witnessing something on television or what have you, and you see them being jovial and funny, it's out of some agenda. I've, I've found too that the sociopaths that I've come across or had in my life, that the level of, humor that's used is to most other people around them not all that funny and it can be a way to jokingly devalue someone or point out something that makes maybe other people in the room uncomfortable people might laugh at it but it because they're so they don't have those interpersonal skills Mm -hmm. 
that they know enough to read the room and they, they do know to a certain level, I guess it depends if they're sociopaths or psychopaths. They do know what affects others. They have that cognitive empathy, but they, sometimes their humor is almost like, Ooh, like, wow, that just, mm. that just came out it and crosses a line. it crosses a line and we're not automatically assuming that person is a sociopath. So we're like, maybe that's funny. And I just didn't find it funny. So I've experienced that yeah. as well as more of like a malevolent mm-hmm. form of humor that's used in, you know, it, it'll all be in jest, of course, their comments, but mm-hmm. it just feels a little like a beat off. Yeah. And that's why we always talk about, you know, your gut can't be an assessment for black and white things like diagnosis and medication, but your gut can be very, very, very helpful in the room. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about, so I married an ax murderer. (laughs) A young Nancy Travis. I forgot that was her. Me too. I mean, I, and Amanda Plummer. I know. (laughs) I know. It was great. I I used to love Amanda Plummer so much. Like she was in Mm -hmm. so many great movies during that time. She's so weird. She's great. So this is 1993. It's also PG 13 for those of you guys who like PG 13 type of flicks, you know, it's a comedy romance, but it's also now we would say it's hard for us to say anything that's a comedy is a, is a horror movie or what have you, but obviously it does involve Uh, killing yeah the concept of killing anyway so this is a san francisco poet who's played by mike myers and talk (laughs) about dated oh my gosh like my god it was like this is movie is so of the time i mean the music there's Mm -hmm. a lot of popular music in this it's directed by tommy shlami who was a very famous tv director at the time the humor in it is all like ripped from Saturday Night Live. Totally. All, like a lot of Mike Myers jokes that were very familiar at the time are in this movie. Total vehicle, right? Mm-hmm. Phil Hartman. I know. The guy who played Kramer is yeah. in this with a little He got cameo. canceled. So, I mean, yeah, it's a lot of that culture at the time. And then also some of his, uh, Mike Myers earlier characters, like, you know, his father, who he plays, the yes. Scottish guy, essentially is fat bastard from yes. Austin Powers. Just yes bigger and it's so of the time it's so so of the time again if you like dated 90s comedies um and you like uh, those actors and you like a little bit of a little bit of intrigue or mystery in it this is great so a san francisco poet who fears commitment suspects his girlfriend may have a knack for killing off her significant others did you enjoy this watch? I hadn't seen it since. I actually did. Oh, and Anthony Anthony LaPaglia, LaPaglia. Yeah. yeah, as the best friend. I I actually really did. Um, I've re- I've always been a fan of Mike Myers, and I know some people like you love him or hate him. Yeah, but, divisive for sure. But I think in this movie he played because he was playing these other characters that were more cartoonish. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed watching him just as like a leading man in a yeah. romantic comedy. Yeah. And, and I kind of missed him. I'm like, where have you been, dude? Like I like, I actually like him a lot. Yeah. It was, it was enjoyable. I watched it and I was like, I forgot how much I really liked this movie. Yeah. It was, it was fun. Like it's not something I would necessarily throw in all the time or whatever, no. but when I, when I thought, oh, maybe we could do comedies, I like I was excited to watch it again just because 
I had forgotten it completely, really. So Mm -hmm. it was a fresh watch (laughs) for me and so dated and such a memory trove that that was what I enjoyed about it. So I I kind of feel like both these movies are worth like a Sunday afternoon if you're wanting something light. Mm -hmm. But it also has, you know, a female psychopath uh, mixed in the mix of comedy and it's a little bit lighter and it's not hard. You know, I think some of our listeners don't necessarily want to watch the the very difficult flicks you know yeah. the the trauma and the grief and the darkness is very apropos for times certain days in your world and some people have the capacity for that and some people don't and then also gore and slashers oh. and all that like a lot of us love that stuff yeah. and we don't we don't ingest it in a like it doesn't rock our world. We are not overly empathetic with it. We can yeah. detach from it. But like these are the kinds of movies you can get a little bit of zhuzh in there. Yeah. Like a little bit of but they're funny. funny gore. Like mm-hmm. especially there's some there's a little bit of funny gore in Serial Mom. Yeah, there is. Yeah, which I, I hadn't really remembered. So the other piece of data that I wanted to bring up for this is that I'm reading an article that I found that has some quotes of data from Daily Mail, the UK Daily Mail, and it talks about what your style of humor says about you. Interesting. It's like people who use fun and wit tend to be narcissists, while those who opt for irony, sarcasm, and cynicism are more likely to be psychopaths. And this is what this study happened to reveal. Sorry, can you, what was the first one that was more aligned with narcissists, did you say? Fun and wit. So this is a new study that analyzed how humor styles are linked to the dark personality traits, basically. And so let me just talk a little bit about this. It's a researcher's at studiopsi.co, which is in Italy, investigated the connection between comic style descriptors and the dark triad personality traits. These are psychopathy defined by lack of empathy, antisocial behavior, and then narcissism defined by a self-centered personality style, Machiavellianism demonstrated in manipulation and an indifference towards morality. So that's how they broke them out. The authors wrote that Machiavellianism and psychopathy correlated positively with the darker styles, meaning that psychopathy showed the strongest positive correlations with mockery styles, meaning satire, sarcasm, and cynicism. And to me, that can kind of go along with you guys are probably all laughing too, because obviously we have those <laughs> traits. <laughs> and so do you probably, because they're also often identified with a population that let's just say is a little bit brighter, like smarter people use sarcasm is what the data says. Right. So that goes along with psychopathy, right? Because mm-hmm. psychopaths are often incredibly brilliant. Mm-hmm. So that that tracks for me. Absolutely. Machiavellianism was the best predictor of irony and was not related to the other comic styles. Okay. Then narcissism mainly correlated significantly with the lighter styles, which goes with what we're talking about, how there's not a ton of depth in that personality structure. So mainly correlated significantly with the lighter styles being the best predictor of wit and humor, while it was not related to nonsense. And I think that's what you were kind of talking about at a party is it's mm-hmm. like they can be very witty and humorous. And of course we're generalizing mm-hmm. obviously, but not 
able to kind of roll with the nonsense that comes with like funny banter at a party. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like sometimes that's where it gets off track. Like they can be witty themselves, but as we know, humor is something that you roll with amongst others. Gotcha. Unless you're standing up on a comic, you know, a comedy stage and all by yourself, fine. Probably a lots of comedy people or comedians are narcissists, but or more narcissistically oriented. So the researchers gave 715 adults two questionnaires. This is how they came to these conclusions. One to determine their comic style and the other to uncover any dark personality traits. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. They used statistical analysis to determine any correlation between the two. The eight comic styles that were defined in this 2018 study and were split into lighter and darker styles. The four lighter styles are fun, humor, nonsense, and wit. I love that nonsense is a lighter, is a a comedy style (laughs) because that makes complete sense. It does. (laughs) Like that's just ridiculous. That's nonsense. That share a basis of benevolence and positive emotions. In other words, that kind of makes sense to me if I'm going to interpret it a little bit where narcissists are attempting to create positive emotions in you so that you will give them what they need. Right. right. Like they are trying to be benevolent when they're being humorous. So you, you know? fill them up. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. trying to engage you and seduce you and give you positive emotions. So that kind of makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. And then the darker styles are irony, satire, sarcasm, and cynicism, which all sort of relate to mockery and ridicule. Can, they can, right? Depending on and that's, yeah. context. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we're not really trying to mock or ridicule people, maybe each other, but we, <laughs> but we aren't trying to do that with our sarcasm. Although, you know, sometimes you can cross a line and that's what happens. And, you know, then you feel like shit, although, you know, the psychopath's not going to, they're not going to feel like shit. And that, that's maybe what I was talking about is just this sort of, you're like, Ooh, right. what was that? Yeah. Ouch. And it happens to the best of us. We can all get ouched by our friends, especially in comedy. So it's like. It, it happens, but then you feel like shit. And it's not constant. It's not this right. constant, not like underlying sort of mockery. thing that they <laughs> yeah. use to feel very powerful and make the other person feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this analysis was published actually in June in uh, Personality and Individual Differences is the publication. And it showed these connections. I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. And I thought when we were watching comedy that oh, I got curious, like, there, how do we use comedy or how do psychopaths or specifically female psychopaths use humor to get across their agenda? And I think what we've seen in, in kind of the whole of the female psychopath series is sometimes there's some humor in the beginning where they're using that to seduce you. 100%. And we've also made differentiations between people who are fun and witty and more narcissistic and so much more likable and psychopaths, even with men and in those series that we've done. And then men who you can see are attempting to be funny, but it's really just uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and it makes, it's very unsettling. So I don't know. I thought that was interesting. interesting. Yeah. I mean, it makes perfect sense. Funny how data can make perfect sense sometimes. I love that. Yeah. So anyway, this was fun. Very cool. We hope you enjoyed it. This has been an episode of Terror Talk. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone.